I had been competing in powerlifting and then I had a double mastectomy after my twin sister was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. The doctors determined it was due to a genetic mutation and because of that mutation, it meant that if you have it, you have nearly 100% risk of developing breast cancer in your lifetime, the BRCA2 gene as it's called. So in terms of the recovery, I was told don't do push-ups for a minimum of six months. And by push-ups, they meant push-ups where maybe you're on, they're modified on your knees or off of a bench. That would be six months, at least six months down the road. Although my twin sister started doing push-ups two to four weeks after her surgery. And I had called her and asked her, wait, when, when did you start? And she said two to four weeks. And she said, was I supposed to wait longer? And she didn't know. He's in a pod, both very driven. And so because she did that, actually that caused me to go sooner into my recovery. By, I guess, less than a year, I had worked all the way back to my old maxes in, in powerlifting. And I went in for a checkup and my surgeon, I told her that I was back to lifting and she said, that's wonderful. And I said, yes, and I even have my first powerlifting meet on the calendar less than a year after the surgery. And she said, wait, what? Powerlifting? And I said, yes. You know, when we had the pre-surgery meeting, I said that I wanted to be able to lift. And she said, I thought you meant weights that are like five pounds. We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. You're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life in today's episode. Hi there, and welcome to another episode here on the Strong by Design podcast show. Your host today, Coach Chris Wilson, and uh, delighted to have our guest who will also be hosting future podcast episodes uh, here on Strong by Design, someone that's been on the show previously and part of Critical Bench for several months now, actually better part of half a year now, and uh, that's... uh, the one and only Joe Miller, who's joined by her very amazing Superman-esque husband, Mr. Matt Miller. Uh, it's so great to have you both together because telling this story and talking about this topic, I know Joe felt very much like, mm, I don't know that I want to tackle this all on my own. I think it'll be a better conversation to have my partner uh, involved in this conversation to kind of be able to get at some of this stuff a little bit better. And I think, frankly, Joe is just too humble and doesn't like talking about how awesome she is. So her husband will uh, gladly take the <laughs> take that over, that responsibility. Before we introduce our very special guests, husband and wife, the Miller family, uh, I do want to take a brief moment, as I do in all podcasts, just to say thank you so much to our listeners. It's why we do the show. Uh, we do these shows, we have these conversations, we bring on these amazing guests because we are trying to enrich other people's lives. This podcast is a ministry for us at Critical Bench. It's currently not monetized. We've been doing this show for four years now, and we're not doing it to make money. We're doing it to help people. 
and it's a big part of what we do in general here at Critical Bench. We help people in their in their health walk and their in their fitness journey, and we encourage people and we give them tools and and different things that they can apply quickly into their life to start to see change and to you know move in a better direction. It's also what we're doing here on the podcast, only we can explore lots of different topics, right? We can go and talk about the body. We can talk about the mind. We can talk about faith and, and your your spirit and all of these other things. So that's what's so wonderful about the podcast is it gives us this freedom to kind of go in any direction we want to. And we have done that in the four plus years that we've had the show and we will continue to do so. And so delighted to have all of our amazing listeners from all over the world. People from, I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, we get people from Europe, people from the Far East, people from South America, people from North America. I mean, it's it's really unbelievable. It is a global show. And we're just so delighted that we can impact people all around the world. So thank you so much. So our guests today, Matt and Joe Miller. Uh, and Joe, please share a little bit about who you are for any of our listeners who are new, who haven't heard some of your previous episodes where you've been a guest, who you and, uh, of course, I uh, want Matt to uh, you know pipe, pipe up to. Yes, well, first of all, I want to say thanks for having both of us. We're super excited to be on the show today. And if you don't mind me saying, since it's May 4th, may the 4th be with you. Star Wars reference. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, that's okay. I can handle it. I have a Star Wars shelf over there. Oh, by okay. The way. Good, so, good. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. won't get deleted from the conversation, will no, it? No, no. I keep okay. everything. Usually right. the stuff that you think should be deleted is the stuff that makes the, the show better. That's awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, may the, may the fourth be with you as well. <laughs> Thank you. A little bit about us. I've mentioned this in previous episodes that I'm Joe Miller, or as some people say, Killer Miller or Joe Animal. And I've been working as a personal trainer for more than 15 years, a nutritionist, sports performance coach. I also am an advisor for Believe Big. I've coached high school softball for many years. I love all things sports health and fitness i eat sleep and breathe it and my better half matt miller my husband here i'll have him share a little bit about himself i will say that i call him superman because as you learn more about him he has all the superman like qualities and he's just been so good to me spoils me and i don't know what i would do without him oh well, I'm very blessed to, to have Joe in my life, that's for sure. And uh, before saying anything about me, I have to also add on to her little resume. Um, she's also a multi-sport athlete, uh, played softball in college, played a number of sports in high school. And then when she got into powerlifting and strongman, which we'll talk about later today, she always says, oh yeah, I compete and I, I do this and that. And I have to jump in and say, no, she is a champion strongman competitor. She's a champion powerlift. <laughs> so she, she actually jumped in, uh, got into that, loves it, and, uh, and has won repeatedly at, at those sports. So gotta, gotta plug that as well. Oh, yeah, and you've been a big part of this as, as uh, really a coach for her, uh, have you not, Matt? 
You know, it's it's really been a great journey. Uh, I definitely have been able to help coach Joe through some of these things. And, and by coach, I really mean that we both learned together through a lot of our experiences. Now, Joe grew, grew up doing a lot of sports. I grew up being very bad at a lot of sports. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until... I, I really, uh, just before she and I met, I started getting into martial arts. I do have a USAW certification for Olympic weightlifting and did 20 years of martial arts, different styles, black belt and taekwondo, kung fu, uh, a various different things. So a lot of martial arts. And so I did Olympic lifting for that purpose. But when Joe and I met, that's when all the, the athletics really hit for me, even more so. And then wow. we grew up together learning things. And yes, I've been able to coach her and help her along. It's so great, too, because it's such a bonding thing, right? The two of you have each other, right? And you obviously are madly in love with each other because I can see it from the moment I click on this. You guys look like you're 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 truly like it's like Siamese twins, you know, you're just like <laughs> connected, you know. And all are we making po- you sick? What's that? Are we making you feel sick? No, not at all. No. Yeah, I'm over here like I'm like throwing up in a in a bucket. Yeah. I'm so yeah. disgusted by your love for each other. <laughs> no, but it's you know what? It's great to see because I think a lot of people don't see enough of that uh, between married couples, um, people that are really had an adoration for each other. You know, it's one thing, you know, to, to love your your better half, your spouse. It's another thing to really adore them. Um, and, and I think it, it, it seems so genuine and it's it, it's it's fantastic. So never lose that um, for sure. So. You know, people want to know. People are listening right now. We're we're here to talk about Joe and about her amazing journey in this world, right? Of of powerlifting and strongman. And I think before we get there, we have to kind of know. There might be people who say, "Well, what the heck is it?" You know, I've always wondered, like, what's powerlifting really, or or what is strongman? Uh, what got you? kind of interested in that to begin with joe after you know being an athlete obviously your whole life i've you were probably exposed to some weightlifting right but what got you this is a whole different level of weightlifting well in terms of what is powerlifting the definition of powerlifting is that it's a strength sport that consists of three attempts at maximal weights of three different lifts the squat bench and deadlift and as far as how I got into powerlifting, I was actually working as a personal trainer in Baltimore at the Maryland Athletic Club. And I saw this man there that competed in powerlifting and I was super fascinated by it. I was asking him lots of questions and he would answer me and it was day after day, week after week. And then finally, he saw me working out one day and said, you look like you actually have some really good strength. Have you ever considered powerlifting? And I said, no, my name's not Elga. I'm not from Bulgaria. I thought maybe I had to be uh, from one of those super strong countries. And I didn't know that they had different weight classes. I didn't know anything about the sport other than they just lifted really heavy weights. And he said, meet me here tomorrow. I want to give you something. And he went home and he brought back a Powerlifting USA magazine. And on the cover of it was Susie Hartwig Gary, who's in the Powerlifting Hall of Fame. 
and she is one of the strongest women in the world. She still has the world record in the squat. And she lived locally in Maryland, and he said, if you ever get a chance to meet her, I think you would just love this lady. She's super inspiring, and if there's anyone you want to emulate, you should emulate her. I read the article, and I was blown away, and I thought, wow, I would love to meet her and get to know her, and I researched her online. I went on Facebook and friended her. She actually confirmed the friend request, and we started talking some there and my friend Dave he started teaching me the rules of powerlifting I didn't have any equipment I started I think testing what my maxes were in June I had never done that before I didn't know what I was capable of and week after week I was just testing it to see what I could do and he had me sign up for a powerlifting meet that July so I had maybe six weeks to prepare and after he taught me the rules I bought a singlet and Matt and I we went up to Pennsylvania in the middle of a cornfield and this guy Nico Holslander was running the meet I mean just the name alone he yes. sounds like he's Andre the Giant he definitely owns like an axe he probably has <laughs> some skulls like just hanging around in his room and by the way yeah. you said the word singlet people are saying well what's a singlet the singlet is kind of like the powerlifter's uniform. You have to wear that. You'll see the wrestlers wearing that, and that is the uniform that you wear while competing. Right. And so you you enter into this new world, in a competition that you only prepared for for less than two months. How did it go? Well, as far as that, that goes, I went to the competition. I, I was super excited, but I didn't have a whole lot of expectations because it was my first time. And I competed that day. I did all the lifts and my friend Dave, he was also competing. So while he would do his lifts in between, he would run over and he would just say, okay, now it's your turn to lift. And he helped me determine what my attempt should be, how much weight I should lift for each of the three attempts for the squat, bench, and deadlift. And then he would tell me when I should eat, when I should rest, everything I needed to know. I just can't thank him enough for that. And Matt was my personal slave that day. And <laughs> A clueless, absolutely clueless personal slave, by the way. If Dave wasn't there, we wouldn't, don't know what we would have done. Right. But Matt was phenomenal. He got me all my food. He prepped enough food that he could have fed an army. Yeah. And I, I had plenty to eat and drink, and I just lifted when I was told, and I followed all the rules that I was taught, and by the end of it, they announced who the winners were based on your weight class, and lo and behold, I won gold in my first competition. Unbelievable. What was your weight class? That weight class was the 114-pound weight class or less. So you had to weigh under 114 or less, I weighed in that day like 109, 109 pounds that day, and I had so much fun, but while powerlifting looks like it's an individual sport, it's really not. It takes a village, kind of like raising children. It took a team, my friend Dave, to teach me all the rules and guide me on everything and kind of tell me what I should do at every moment of that competition day. And then Matt, being my personal assistant, feeding me, fetching everything under the sun. He probably hit 
at least 20,000 steps that day. I think he I'm worked sure. harder than I did. Yeah, right. You you were the one getting all the glory and stuff, right? But he was the yeah. he was the worker bee, man. Um, but you know what? He signed he signed up for it, and he was glad to do it because he got That's to see right. someone who he loves do her very best. And so, I mean, you can't ask for more than that, you know. Um, that's awesome. So, and I know you're super humble, but it's your first competition, so you must remember what your lifts were. Can you tell us what your three poundages were for bench squat oh, demo? Wow. Come on, let's now. see. You know, I actually don't know if I do remember uh, off the top of my head. I want to know. <laughs> I think weighing in at 109 pounds. I think my deadlift was around 270 pounds, somewhere around there, and. My bench press, I want to say, was 150. And this is all with really strict rules, too. Yes. Because it's one thing to bench press in the gym where you could do a touch and go. But when you bench, they will say start, well, they, they'll tell you when to unrack. And then you're holding the bar for maybe a few seconds before yes. they say start. And you can't yes. move until they say start. And then they say start and you bring it down to your chest. You're not allowed to rest. That's if right. it rests, that doesn't count. So you're holding that tension. And then when they say press is when you press. You press and then you're holding it again, locked out. I feel like it's almost like doing what you could do for two to three reps touch and go is one rep in competition. It's all technique, right? You can be super, you can be the strongest guy in the room, but if you're not good at following the directions and the requirements of what that lift is, then you're not gonna get your, your at least two white lights. So, you know, for anyone listening who's not gone to a powerlifting meet before, Critical Bench used to sponsor a lot of them. We used to go to them. And help people used to be up on the platform and these, uh, you know, squat, uh, you know, uh, being a, um, a spotter uh, right right on the plat. I remember a guy, he didn't he was squatting a lot of weight and he wasn't able to get it up. And so I was like squatting him up, <laughs> you know, I had to catch him. And I mean, it's it's amazing, but you have to get so you get three judges on these lifts. And you're looking for white lights across the board. Now, two of the judges might like your lift, but one might not. But that passes typically, right? Don't, if you get two whites, you're still, it's still a good lift. Exactly. Majority rules, basically. Majority rules. But sometimes you get three whites. Sometimes you get one white, two reds, or red, red across the board. So every rep, you know, matters. But the, the, really, the thing to, to remember is that all it takes is the one rep. You have three chances, and as long as one of them counts and it's good, that's a, a successful meet. Yeah. So, you know, it's, again, insight into what a powerlifting meet looks like because there's a lot of people that are like, I have no idea what this world looks like. And you and, and Matt are just learning, like, all of this in, like, fast-forward mode, right? Like, <laughs> six weeks, you, you had to train, and then, boom, you're there doing all this. Yeah, we were we were full in like reviewing the manual and trying to figure out what does this even mean and going back and talking to people and watching videos and you know, you make a great point. Sometimes these things are really minor like what you would consider minor details. If you're benching for example, that's one where it's very easy to kind of mess it up. 
if your if your feet move, if your butt moves, if you're like if your different things, yeah, if your head moves, there's so many things that need to stay static or else you fail that lift because you're not lifting it correctly. And you have to do all of that at somebody's command mm-hmm. while lifting maximal weight. In front of a big crowd of people and you're it's different than competing in the gym. There's so many aspects to it. It requires so much strategy, it's like a chess match, really. And I found that in competing in powerlifting, some of the most brilliant people I've ever met compete in powerlifting. How I got in there, I don't know. You gotta have some goofball in there, but they have some of the most analytical, mathematical, strategical minds I've ever seen. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It, it is so much strategy and it's it's optimization of of everything of your nutrition right of being at your strongest at your peak on the day of competition it's getting the right sleep getting the right hydration like so many things have to come together on that day you know and and then having the supporting cast having the husband or the wife and the team, a lot of people travel in teams, right? So it's it's not just you up there. Your whole team is there and they're up there with you. Like they're up there, like mentally, they're like, like it's me coaching my son. I, we, I'm coaching a game tonight, tonight in a tournament. And if we win, we go to the championship game. I, I've had anxiety. I had dreams last night in my sleep. I've had anxiety all day long. This is 10-year-old baseball, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and I'm sure my son probably hasn't thought about it too much, but I do as, as dad and as coach. I'm nervous and anxious, and I just can't wait to see the, the boys perform at their best and get the win, you know? And so – much like a boxer, yeah, he's out in the ring and he's he's face to toe to toe, face to face with his competition. But he's got a corner, and those people have invested a lot of time and energy and effort into getting the most out of that person, right? And so, much the same with having Matt. Like you're not the same lifter if Matt's not part of the day. Oh, it's a world of a difference. And I've been on both sides where I competed and coached. And they are both extremely exhausting. I almost think that coaching felt harder. There's just so much to it, and there's so you feel so much responsibility, and it's mentally really draining, but it's also incredibly fulfilling. I think coaching is more fulfilling than competing, but I've loved both. Yes. There's, some, there's an element to coaching other people and seeing them tap into their potential and perform at their best, there's a gratification there that I think exceeds personal achievement. When you're part of a bigger thing, a team thing, I think that goes to another level of wow factor for people and a feeling of like just gratitude and fulfillment and purpose because you influence someone else's ability in a very um, massive, positive way. And it's super, super gratifying. It's hard to even put in the words, I think, sometimes. Um, so, okay, so you have success. You go on to do more powerlifting meets, obviously. And we're going to talk more about that. But when, at what point did you say, hmm, 
I think I want to pick up an Atlas stone or I want to carry, I want to carry a refrigerator on my back or, or, you know, all these things that we see in strongman competition. Like what got you going in that direction? What, you know, obviously you had success, but that's again, a totally different thing. Well, I kind of thought that was a natural desire for most young ladies to carry <laughs> oh, sure. refrigerators. Right, right, right. <laughs> most women I know are like, hmm, I think I'd like to just pick the whole oven up and carry it across the kitchen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. But in all seriousness, with powerlifting, love that, had many great competitions and other great stories I'd love to share and I learned so much more. That created such a great base or foundation because you need to have so much strength for strongman, strong as in the name, but in powerlifting, it's a static sport. In strongman, you have to be freakishly strong while also being able to move athletically. You have to be fast and you have to have much more conditioning. And there's a lot more variety from one competition to the next. The events vary pretty dramatically. And with strongman competitions, there might be five or six events maybe as much as eight i think when you get to the big world-class competitions and you get awarded points for your placement in each event and then those points are added up and after all the events are added up whoever has the most points wins in terms of how i got into it i had been competing in powerlifting and then i had a double mastectomy after my twin sister was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. The doctors determined it was due to a genetic mutation. And because of that mutation, it meant that if you have it, you have nearly 100% risk of developing breast cancer in your lifetime, the BRCA2 gene as it's called. And so my twin sister had her double mastectomy. A little while later, I had another sister who tested positive. She had a double mastectomy and then a month after that, I had my preventative one so that I didn't have to walk the path that my identical twin sister walked. Oh my God. She wait, saved wait, my life. Yeah, can we stay, pause right there for a second? Because that's a lot to take in. So you've, you've two, you have two, sis, two sisters. Yes. And one of them, which we've talked about in a previous episode, if those of you listening who are just getting familiar with Joe and her story, please go back a few episodes um, to listen for the one with her twin sister that's now in heaven. Um, but what what is that what is that period of time like for you as your your family? I mean, you're all fighting really this the same battle. Mm -hmm. And this is all in a very close period of time going yes. through this together, the three of you. Mm -hmm. Well, with my twin sister, we were definitely devastated with her diagnosis. But by God's grace, we were given just a hope and a peace that only God can provide. And while it was super hard and traumatic, I've, God provided so much. And we saw miracle after miracle but it was really heavy having so many of us have to have these surgeries although i felt like it's not that i have to i get to my twin sister didn't get the warning sign and she got it and had to go through 
unbelievably brutal treatments. And for me to be able to learn from her, she saved my life and, and my sister, my other family members. And for generations to come, now our family knows. Whereas before that, no one knew that this was a mutation that ran in the family. And eventually our daughter, Matt and I, with our daughter coming in June, she'll eventually be able to get tested to see if she's a carrier. And there's things that you can do to prevent it. So very heavy, but I saw my twin sister overcome the surgery like a champ. And then my other sister, Jenna, who also was a champ through her surgery and, and so brave. And then I went through it and I had learned so much from both of them. And after competing in powerlifting, a strength sport, and then doing that, I didn't know if I'd ever be able to compete again. And that was hard because it was such a great outlet for me. I loved competing, being a three-sport high school athlete, playing softball in college, martial arts. I just have the competitive bug. I love it, I can't get enough. And then thinking I wouldn't be able to do that was very hard, but at the same time, I know that life is more precious than a sport. And so I was grateful to be alive and for that opportunity. And, and I have to say too, I won't go into a lot of detail about the surgery itself, but that surgery and the reconstruction, if you, if you go that direction, uh, obviously it's pretty invasive first of all. And then the, the way they reconstruct is that the muscles are in different places. They're pulled and reattached in different places and there's things underneath and um, it really, so when you're talking about something like a bench press especially, that was definitely something we kept thinking, is Joe gonna be able to do that at all? Much less at a, at a competitive level because the, the, the body is physiologic, physiologically different after that surgery. Yeah, I mean that was gonna be my, you took the words right out of my mouth, man. I was gonna say, you know, physiologically speaking, you know, physically, recovering from something like that that's super inv invasive right meaning that it's it's not you know it's not like an in and out thing you know like this is major surgery to go in and remove a body part to remove a woman woman's breasts and then to say hey do i still have function of my of my arm, you know, proper motion of my arm to do things mechanically that I would need to do just to live life, but then also to be physically active because that's, you know, just such a big part of who you are as a human being, right? To be a, a an athletic sports, you know, kind of driven human being. So what's that recovery look like for you? And then what's that first competition look like for you afterwards? So in terms of the recovery, I was told don't do push-ups for a minimum of six months. And by push-ups, they meant push-ups where maybe you're on, they're modified on your knees or off of a bench. That would be six months, at least six months down the road. Although my twin sister started doing push-ups two to four weeks after her surgery. And I had called her and asked her, wait, when, when did you start? And she said two to four weeks. And she said, was I supposed to wait longer? And she didn't know. He's in a pod, both very driven. And so because she did that, actually that caused me to go sooner into my recovery. And when I started, I felt like when I would move my arms, my arms felt like I had 300 pound weights in each hand. 
I could barely move my arms. It, it hurt to reach for stuff. The first time I tried to do a, a dumbbell floor press, my arms were shaking like someone electrocuted me. And it was, I only had three pounds in my hands at first, threes and then fives. I couldn't do the full range of motion without it feeling like everything in my body was just gonna rip in half. And the thought of doing a pull-up just seemed impossible, but I kept working on it little by little, plugging away and, and lifting, not knowing if I'd ever compete again. But by, I guess, less than a year, I had worked all the way back to my old maxes in, in powerlifting. And I went in for a checkup and my surgeon, I told her that I was back to lifting and she said, that's wonderful. And I said, yes, and I even have my first powerlifting meet on the calendar less than a year after the surgery. And she said, wait, what? Powerlifting? And I said, yes. You know, when we had the pre-surgery meeting, I said that I wanted to be able to lift. And she said, I thought you meant weights that are like five pounds. Yeah, yeah. she meant little pink purple ones. Exactly. And <laughs> she said, well, how much weight are we talking about? And at this point, I was able to bench worked my bench up to 175, eventually getting my bench close to 200 raw. And she said, what, what kind of weight? You're talking pounds? And then, and I described how I did the lift and she said, I didn't even think that was possible. I didn't know the surgery would hold or that you would be able to do that or you'd be able to do a hundred plus pushups without stopping with strict military form or pull-ups, 30 without stopping. And so I felt really exhilarated to be able to come back. And the story that I had shared in a previous podcast about after my car accident and then getting back in shape, that fueled me for this recovery. I thought there was a time where I thought it was impossible before, this feels impossible, but with God, all things are possible. I'm just gonna do my best and let God do the rest and see where it goes. And it was a really good outlet to do powerlifting during my twin sister's cancer journey. I was struggling at first thinking, should I be competing? Should I lift? Should I should focus more on her? And I was, but then I had a friend say, why don't you dedicate your training to your twin? And it really helped me heal and give me another focus other than all the traumatic hospital trips, surgeries, and treatments. And so that's when I competed in my next powerlifting meet, which went amazingly well. She also won that one. <laughs> and <laughs> we have so this, got a really nice plaque for that. Yeah, this is the first one back after after you've gone through this whole thing, which I want to know a little bit from Matt, like what that felt like for him, the husband of of this competitor, of this woman, right? Uh, but so you you take home gold basically, or the the, the 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 grand you're the grand champion at your weight again after going through this unbelievable journey. Wow! So how emotional are you, Joe, at this event? Oh, for me, super emotional. I mean, I was definitely thinking about how I couldn't have done it without Matt's support. He was so loving and encouraging and we trained together. We tried to train together as much as possible. Sometimes we have different goals, but no matter what the goals are, 
we just have a blast and he's always super encouraging and he has such a brilliant analytical mind and I jokingly say that I think that he really invented CrossFit. A lot of things that you see in the CrossFit sport and some other lifting competitions, he was doing really early on before we got married and even after. And I remember saying to him, what you're doing is really outside of the textbook. It's really outside of the norm. I've, I've never seen anything like this or read anything. And then if you look at CrossFit and some of the things that have come out over the last 15 years, you see, oh, wow, that is a thing. And yeah. he was doing that and thinking in those ways well, well before. Wow, that's awesome. I love it. So, Matt, what are, your, what are you remembering from that part when you got that news that your wife's going to undergo a double mastectomy? What, what are you feeling in that moment? Uh, fear. Lots of fear. Uh, you know, this is, this is something not just... One, any surgery, you don't know how it's gonna go. Uh, there's always the edge cases where something happens. Usually it's okay, but this is, this. there's a lot of fear there for, that, that I'm thinking about just for her being okay. The uh, This surgery in particular is very emotional. There's, there's a lot of connections to that. One, having a surgery that her sister just had as she's going through this cancer journey. It's so connected to that struggle. Two, I'm, I mean, this is this is something that's very, you know, if you're having, like you said, you're having your, your breasts removed and, and there's a lot of emotional and, and self, um, just the way somebody thinks about themselves for women, that's really bound up in that. So how is she gonna handle that? Even with a reconstruction, that's different. And then, Kind of the competition and sports and, and lifting is such an outlet for Joe and it's such a part of her nature. Like it's just, it's who she is. She says she eats, sleeps and breathes this stuff. She does, like it is, she dreams about it. This is what, <laughs> this is her, her life. This is what she really loves. And there's a risk and we don't, we just don't know what's happening. There's a risk that that's going to be taken away as a preventative measure to make sure that everything's not taken away, if you will. So yeah, a lot of fear, a lot of worry, a lot of concern, a lot of keeping my, my big trap shut to make sure that I'm not saying that to her uh, because you don't, wanna, you don't wanna double down on those worries or the things that are going on in her head. That's right. So what are you feeling in that moment when she's performing at this first meet back and you're seeing her crush it? I mean, what, what's, going, what's running through your mind? Are you getting chills? Are you getting goosebumps? Are you like, I can't believe this woman? I mean, I'm crying thinking about it. I, I'm just, I know uh, you are. I'm tearing up. I, you know, that, that's, that's exactly right. Just the, you know, you also have to remember that, that that event was at the end of a journey back, right? You know, it, it, it was a journey that came out with, you know, weeks of, of pain and, pain meds and watching her barely be able to move around the house because she she was in so much pain after that it's it's not an easy surgery um and then watching that struggle back and going wait why are you doing push-ups right now they said <laughs> you know like rest a little longer like um and then just going through that that whole struggle and then watching the turning points as like she starts to hit those numbers again and going, oh my gosh, 
how is she doing this? And then go into this competition. And honestly, by the time we got to the competition, it wasn't a surprise, right? We got there and we knew what numbers she could hit. We knew what she could do. We knew her mindset. We had done this before. We were there ready to go. And so it was just vindication at that point. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's just going, yeah, darn right you're doing that because you just busted your hump for a year and now you're getting what you deserve, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's so commendable to Joe's spirit and the, the fight. Um, it's, it's just great. People love comebacks. I mean, it's it's like the best, the greatest story, right, in, in, in the human experience is, is the comeback. People love watching it in movies. People love hearing about it and, and transformations. And, and, and it's not... If life was easy, we'd have nothing really to talk about, would we? <laughs> Amen to It'd that. It'd be really boring. Yes. You know? Amen. But the and fact you know that we, we go through these challenges and it shapes us and changes us and molds us into these different, stronger, just grittier human beings, it's, it's pretty awesome. What were you going to say, Matt? No, I was just going to say that, you know, this is, it's something, that whole period is something that I just kind of tucked away in the back of my head and that, that Joe has been a blessing to so many other people being able to talk about that with, with them. Uh, But she went through all of that. And then I later had a few surgeries and I was able to pull that, that out and go, okay, try to be like your wife. Try to be like (laughs) Joe. Come on. You can do it. Right. Never, I, I'm never, I'm never as as strong or determined as she is, but but I, I can hold on to that and try. I don't that's think right. that's true. He's had major shoulder surgery. I know sometime after that competition, he had shoulder surgery where this injury was so bad that his surgeon said, "I didn't think that existed. The level of damage to your shoulder they thought only existed in textbooks, but it was kind of." an anecdote or just not real nobody has that but his surgery was very invasive for his shoulder tear and bicep tear and they had to reattach things and then he went on to have major ankle surgery he had his he donated his kidney to his sister in 2018 that's yeah that's another podcast (laughs) okay just so you know matt yeah we, we got you dialed in on that one down the line (laughs) <laughs> I'm on board. I'm on board. Yeah. You know, but she, but she, yeah, the, definitely. We've had a few different surgeries, but, um, and recoveries, but those recoveries would have looked different had she not done what she did first. That's right. And the way oh. she did it. Right. Yeah, no doubt about it. So obviously we kind of glanced over or glazed over this strongman stuff just because, you know, I want to know like, what's the most memorable strongman competition i want like a detail something about one of the events in the strongman it could be one that you excelled at or just participated in and and have an interesting story about it because i think people are very like they've seen strongman on tv right they've seen magnus for magnus and you know you know who was like a champion from iceland from several years back in the day or whatever his name was i think i'm close and um but, you know, it's very much a big, manly, 300-pound, you know, masculine thing. But here you are, little 110-pound Joe Miller crushing strongman competition. So what's that, what's that look like or what's a, a real memorable event that you were in? I would say my most memorable one was my first one. And 
after that powerlifting competition, coming back and competing, it wasn't too long after that then my twin sister went to heaven and training became very difficult. I mentioned that in that first podcast, the one about my super twin, and I was approaching about a year from her where she went to heaven and a friend invited me to a strongman gym, my friend Annette Collins. She invited me and I went in there and I met coach Elena Alsrue and Brian Alsrue who own the gym Never Sate and they have a YouTube channel, Brian has one. And when I went that day, it was the first time in about a year that I had fun training. And she taught me some of the events and I remember trying to pick up the Atlas stone and the first time I picked up the yoke, let's see, was I think it was the yoke where I blacked out just picking it up. It was, it was over 300 pounds at the time, but it was sitting on my carotid artery a little bit. And while I tried to carry it, I kind of blacked out for a second. And then I did the same thing on the Conan's wheel where you've got this long bar that rests in your elbows and you carry it in front of you and you walk around in a circle for distance and that one was over 300 pounds and just listen to that name conan's wheel you know that there's going to be pain involved <laughs> yeah. right sounds sounds a touch intimidating if you put yes. conan in front of anything right oh yeah. for sure yeah yeah wow yeah, all of that the stone was super hard to pick up it, it's like it was butter and the stone of steel, they call the stone of sadness. <laughs> it is so slippery. It's so big and unwieldy, hard to pick up. So just all of those things I, I learned from Brian and Elena. And that first day when I visited, they both hugged me like I was family. And they had no idea how much that meant to me. I had just come back from a grief share session at my church and I was praying for for healing and recovery and god answered it through brian and elena alsru at this strongman gym and then another member there dave lee was my other dave who taught me a lot about the rules of the events and he taught me how to properly carry a yoke to do the farmers carry strongman is super technical they look like these big burly people i mean it does depend on your weight class but it requires so much technique, athleticism, agility, conditioning. It takes powerlifting to just a whole nother complicated level. And it's a lot of events. And later that summer, I decided to join the Never State Gym late in August. And then I saw a video that Brian had and he said, you should really push yourself, get outside your comfort zone. So I signed up for a strongman competition that November. So I had about three months and that was my most memorable competition because it was my first one since my twin went to heaven. And I dedicated my training to her. And Dave Lee would meet me on off days and he took me under his wing and just spent a lot of time with me. And I'll never be able to thank him enough for, for doing that and for Brian and, and Elena. And they both have YouTube channel, so if anyone wants to look them up, I highly recommend it. You can learn a lot, and they're unbelievably great people. And it was at that first competition that November, it was the Maryland State Power, or not, I'm sorry, not Powerlifting, Strongman Championships. And this competition was known for being, what was it, one of the hardest? One of the hardest in, in the country. 
Like we, we, we showed up and they were like, so all the weights are going to be heavier than we said. Let's just add. So the, the stone, instead of, I think it was supposed to be 130, we're like, we'll make it 140. Mind you, this is for, for the, the ladies that are about 115 pounds. So you're adding 10% of their body weight almost on top of what's already there. And, and, and that was the case for pretty much the rest of the events as well. It was like, we're just going to make it heavier on the day of. So you show up and you're going, oh, I trained for this. Now I have to do that. That's strong, man. Every single event, uh, they told you ahead of time what weight you had to lift. This is a difference from powerlifting. In powerlifting, your three attempts in the squat are attempts that you pick, that you know that you can do. You go up and you lift it, and that's how everybody does their lifts. And whoever ends up do lifting the most will win. In strongman, everybody in that weight class lifts the exact same weight. So you may be given an event where the deadlift is, let's say if your max was 315 pounds for someone in my weight class, like weighing around 110, then you had to do that for as many reps as possible in 60 seconds. I was like, wait a minute, this is, that, that's a lot uh, to do. And that's over six events and all the events tax your entire body. It's so in, all encompassing. Yes. It's unbelievable the physical uh, requirement or the, 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 the capacity to, to do that much work in a given day. And so prepping for that and, 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 and being able to manage your energy throughout the day, right? Uh, the nutrition and hydration required, the, the coach that's by your side helping you, you know, kind of get through this whole process. Unbelievable. I've, I've, I've attended events before. Uh, they're quite exciting to watch because there's so much going on and there's some really exciting events because it's kind of like watching a race or, you know, where people are doing a farmer's carry or something, right? Or they're, or they're picking up a, a weird object like a big rock or something. It was a felt stone. Right, right. And have to carry it for distance, you know, or down and back or how many reps can you get in a minute with, with this? And it's really, uh, I encourage anyone who's never gone to a strongman event, they're, they're all over the country uh, at small and big, you know, big uh, venues is to go to one because they're, they're quite exciting. And um, it, it's, it really is, a tr I feel like you're one of the greatest athletes, um, it, you know, going because you're so strong and so powerful, but so quick and so highly conditioned. Mm -hmm. you, you have to be to be able to get through all this. Oh, definitely. And the mental toughness required is out of this world. And I learned a lot of mental toughness from Brian and Elena, and Brian's programming was just phenomenal. There were things that we had to do where you did an exercise where you filled your mouth with water, <laughs> and for 10 minutes, you did an exercise with water in your mouth. It could be kettlebell swings and you're just going it may be every minute on the minute of these kettlebell swings but you keep water in your mouth for 10 minutes and so you're only breathing through your nose and he would do that to help with your mental toughness or we would do handstand holds for max time and he had these finishers that were so brutal and I thought that my training before was really hard and training in martial arts and then powerlifting and all these different things I've done helped 
but he took me to a whole nother level. Uh, I felt like an unstoppable human, bulletproof. And so I couldn't have done well in that competition without, of course, Matt, and then also Never Say It with Brian, Elena, Dave, and his wife, Emily, and even the other members, they helped so much. And those six events that day, you asked which one really stood out to me. They were all so meaningful. It's really hard to say. I know one of the events was the Viking Press, where you have this bar on a lever and another bar on the end. And it's kind of like doing a push jerk or push press, where the bar is on a lever, it's hooked to something. And they told you what one, the one weight it was going to be, but they don't tell you how much weight the bar weighs itself. So it was just so much heavier than what you expected. And the competition that I did, many of the people would zero events. It was so heavy, they couldn't even lift it one time. But it's unbelievable. Um, with the Viking press, I was able to yeah, get Joe it. Yeah, Joe was the only person who got that one. Wow. No kidding. So for her weight class, for her you know, division, so to speak, she was the only one that actually was able to perform the lift. Yeah, exactly. Which was extra powerful, especially with upper body. After having a double mastectomy, the double mastectomy makes it harder to lift. You're so much tighter. You almost feel like even without the bar, something's already resisting you a little bit more. So it's like whatever the weight is on the bar, you're actually lifting more than that because of that surgery. And it makes it so much harder. Your range of motion isn't quite the same. So things are really different. So to be able to do that when no one else was able to lift it, it felt like, what was it, the story with the sword in the stone? Where they pulled Excalibur. The Excalibur. <laughs> right. It's right. Thor's Try, hammer, trying something like that. Trying to pick like up that. Thor's hammer, yeah. Like, yes, I, exactly. I, I have Thor's hammer right over there. So uh, <laughs> I'm a bit, one of these days, maybe we'll do a, a podcast episode with me talking about my fascination with superheroes and how my room is filled with them. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's so great. I love, I love you being able to dig back into your memories of, of these, uh, these events. And I remember personally, the first time I ever did a yoke many years ago, probably about 10 years ago. And it, long before we had our own, I was at strength camp. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Elliot Hulse, but uh, strength yes. camp down here mm -hmm. is just the town over. And, uh, we go way back with Elliot and we were at his facility and I was attending a, uh, a seminar, a work in-person workshop and we did a little, had a little fun out back with the, everybody attending. And I got up under a, a yoke, probably had 400 some odd pounds on. I was, I'd never walked with that much weight before, you know, and just to stand under it and, and, and get it off the ground and then start walking. I felt so out of my comfort zone and like, I've never had that much force pushing down on me while trying to walk, you know, I know I was so uncomfortable and so hated it. Um, <laughs> But then, you know, some years ago, we got our own yoke and I remember, you know, doing it and, and having making it a fun thing. Now it's actually one of my favorite things to do. And I don't go super. I don't go like strongman heavy. We'll put between three and four hundred pounds on it and, you know, do down and back carries on it. But it's such a great form of activity 
for total body strength, uh, strengthening and, and, and neurologically um, that I just have such a, an appreciation for an exercise like that. Uh, that's you know originated with with strongman competition and you know, such a, a fun activity I think for anyone looking for more looking for something besides traditional weightlifting the strongman stuff and merged with like the CrossFit stuff there's a lot of fun in there and you just gotta find the stuff that you know works for you based on you know your own limitations and and, and injuries and stuff. Um, so what does competition and competing look like these days for, for the two of you? What, like what's on the horizon? What's maybe, you know, re- something recent that you've done or, uh, or planning to do? Oh, definitely. Well, I did want to say with that first competition back yeah, with yes. Strongman, I was going to say that was my first one after my twin went to heaven. And when we, when I did that after all six events, it was a grueling day, the hardest competition I've ever done. When they added all the points up, I didn't know where the points fell. You don't know where you are at That's the right. time. And they called my name and I won the competition and just tears started streaming down my face. And I kind of look up to heaven, like I'm looking towards my twin. That's for her and she really just, her love for me and support and example just gave me so much strength and of course i couldn't have done it without matt who basically killed himself that day <laughs> that was a big one that was a, there was a lot that day it was really tough was and the yoke that day was very very difficult 360 pounds for you had to go as fast as possible 100 feet this and is you doing it at a hundred at a hundred and whatever you were hundred and what 10 to at 15 that point, pounds it was i had gained a little more muscle so it was around 115 so 360 pounds and after my car accident, I had mentioned all my back injuries, disc problems, I have scoliosis. Putting a yoke on my back with scoliosis is no joke. It makes it so much harder. And I remember the first time I lifted the yoke, I thought, I literally think my bones will shatter <laughs> and just become powder on the floor. But I watched Elena Alzru, who is about my same weight or a little bit lighter, and she lifted it up with this big, beautiful smile on her face, no sweat. I mean, she is amazing. And I thought, okay, well, I, I may not do what she's doing, but at least my bones won't shatter. She looks like her bones are still working. <laughs> so <laughs> that really, just her example, seeing such a, a petite yet fierce and strong woman do that and have so much fun, that helped me go, oh, okay, I'm gonna give that a try. And so to do it in competition after dead max deadlifts, the farmer's walks were grueling, the Viking press, the stone of steel, everything was so fatigued. But to do all of that in one day and then to win on my first strongman was just so powerful. Right. And that being obviously extra emotional because I feel like the strongman getting into that was such a therapeutic thing for you. Um, dealing with your, the loss of your sister, and it really helped fill a void, a massive void. Obviously, that'll never be filled fully, but it really helped you recover and heal. And then to get that acknowledgement or that reward of like, wow, you know, that was for her, and here I am standing victorious again after going through that. And so I just, that's so awesome to think about. And one more thing for you guys listening. 
okay, yo, 360 pounds, I could do that. Okay, Joe's 115 pounds doing 360, which is more than three times her body weight. That's like me, a 200 and change pound man, doing closer to 700 pounds. So just to put that in, into perspective, the, the ratio there, three times your body weight with not just that, but like when you were talking about your bench earlier, almost three times your body weight. And I'm sure your squat's probably in that ballpark as well, right? Uh, so what are your best all-time lifts for squat bench deadlift? You know, actually my squat isn't nearly as good. I, I found that with with my back injuries and the scoliosis, that actually has made squatting a lot harder for me. So my squat has is like, Maybe a little over two times my body weight. My deadlift, I got close to three times my body weight. Much better with the deadlift for some reason. And then the bench press was, I got close to 200 pounds raw at that weight. Um, and then, yeah, that, that's the thing. Like you mentioned, your body weight to what your lifting ratio is, is different. So maybe someone could lift 400 pounds on the deadlift, but... If I'm doing 320 or more, then ratio-wise versus someone that's heavier, the person that is lifting more compared to their body weight would, would win that. Yeah, and powerlifting, that's the Wilkes score. So there's a whole calculation to evaluate that. And there's, uh, there's some other physics that go into that uh, as well. That's why you know people say ants are, are so strong while they're not actually... There's a, there's a volume thing there. However, uh, for, for Joe, when you look at, at, at that, they do the Wilkes evaluation. And that's why when we look at like the, the one where she won best lifter, that's because she was the best pound for pound uh, out of everybody, regardless of what your size was, when you put it through this, uh, the, the calculation, it figures that out. Yeah. So. I remember my first, and I wanna find out what's on the horizon for, for you guys. Um, my first exposure to seeing a high-level power lifter was several, many years ago in the late 90s when I worked for a world gym chain up in Connecticut. And this gentleman, one of these days, I might have to just reach out to him and get him on the show. He was, un he was phenomenal. Uh, his name is Lloyd Weinstein, and he was, uh, he was on the cover of powerlifting magazines back in the 80s. Uh, I remember him competing in a master's event that was being hosted in South Africa, and he was preparing for this in like 1998, 1999. And he asked me to, to, uh, to spot him on some squats. This 155-pound man who was built like a spark plug. I mean, the guy was his, his body was as hard as my desk. Um, I mean, this guy, but he was so dialed in, like smart. Talk about smart and just technical, right? And I remember spotting him for a triple with 465. I think he was doing a triple, 155-pound man. And he did a triple, and I could barely stay with him to go down as far as he was going down under perfect form and did, th and did it three reps, way better than I could make 315 look as a man who was 60-plus pounds heavier than him. I remember thinking to myself, if I could come close to looking like that when I, I mean, it was, it was like thing of beauty to watch him lift weights. Like he was just, he was so dialed in and so masterful. And I just think there's just, there's something to it and an appreciation. I think when you've been around it 
And the more I think back, I'm like, gosh, I, I, I wish I had more, showed him more appreciation in the moment, uh, you know, at the time as a young 20-something-year-old idiot. Uh, so, <laughs> but, so what's, what, what, are, what are your plans going forward here, uh, Matt and Joe? Well, as far as moving forward, as I mentioned before, we're around eight months pregnant now. We're expecting our miracle baby girl in June. So probably for the next year, competing will be on the back burner. We'll be competing at being parents. (laughs) We're super excited. But I do hope to get back into some powerlifting, strongman, and possibly CrossFit. In 2020, we did a ton of CrossFit together, Matt and I, and we even got to train with Rich Froning at CrossFit Mayhem. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah, I've never seen pictures uh, of you with him. Yeah. I've never been more tired in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. It was amazing. It was absolutely incredible. So lots of fun there, but we're really excited to be able to be good examples of good health, taking care of your body, doing the loving thing in terms of nutrition and exercise. Yeah, you know, Joe, Joe is is someone who, obviously, I, I have not experienced, at least in the past, many women who are as driven or as focused as Joe, actually none, um, and, well, except for, except for Jess. Oh, and again, two, two, two peas in a pod, her sister was, they were like that, but that's not something that you really find. And when I remember watching Joe when she was at her previous job before we moved down to North Carolina, uh, the, the folks that there would they would be training uh, a class of kids and the, and the girls would say something like, "We're girls, why are you gonna have us do pull-ups?" And they'd be like, "Joe, Joe, can you knock out some pull-ups for us?" And she'd hop over and bust out 20. And be like, is this enough? Should I keep going? Or like the guys would be like, okay, uh, we really don't think we can climb that rope. Same thing. Joe, can you hop up that rope? <laughs> up she goes. Boom. Drops back down. And they're like, okay, I guess we're doing this. And so to be able to raise a daughter who has such a role model of overcoming adversity, overcoming difficulties, such a good spirit and a good heart, a good Christian woman who's like who's who's going to show her how you can, like she said, eat right, uh, work out right, and just be super strong. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see how she turns out. Right, that's right. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot of um, you know the apple doesn't usually fall far from the tree. Let's just say that. Especially when you have two parents like yourselves who are, are, are who are going to be all in, right? You're already all in. The baby's not even here yet, so you can <laughs> tell right. the baby's going to have no 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 choice but to um, <laughs> you know be loved on by by a, a super supportive mom and dad, and uh, it, it's going to be fun to watch for sure. And we can't wait, obviously, to uh, get you down here to Florida so that we can. Meet meet you both in person. Finally, have you have for a, a workout here in the compound and and then bring bring the baby. Uh, so that would be, I think, super fun for sure for everyone. Um, it, it it's really fantastic to have the two of you together. Uh, really appreciate you uh, you know making the time today to do this um, and to you know 
be able to talk about some some personal stuff here. This isn't just topical, superficial stuff. We I dug a little deep here, and and you know that's what makes it a much more meaningful conversation. We're not just talking about powerlifting and strongman. It goes much further than that. So uh, really loved getting to know you both better. I just have that much more appreciation for uh, the people that you are and, and, and what you're doing in the world. So thank you. Thank you so much for having us. This was a lot of fun. And you managed to make Matt tear up. Although I will say <laughs> I jokingly call him Waterworks because he's so sweet and sentimental and really wears his heart on his sleeve. He's tough. He's got his black belt. He is very, very powerful, but also... I cry easy. <laughs> I'm the same way, dude. I cry. I cry pretty easy. I, I, that's the big, the running joke around here is like, who's gonna cry first? You know, and nice. Usually, the, the, you know, depending on whatever it is, and the, the money's usually on me. I, I was, uh, you know, lastly, I was thinking earlier when you guys were talking about your achievements and accolades and things. I'm like, man. Talk about like if a purse snatcher was just like thinking he was going to get one over on you guys. I'm like, I mean, it's like dealing with two Chuck Norrises or something. I'm like, I'm like, this is could be the worst mistake ever made by like a thief or somebody like to like come up on you guys and think like, ooh, here's a couple I could, you know, it's like, dude, you just you just cost yourself, you know, a, a lot of pain. So uh, anyway, uh, just love it. Thank you so much. And, and listeners, thank you again for joining the Strong by Design podcast show. Hope you really got a lot out of this one. So much great uh uh, just life lessons and we've gotten to learn a, a lot about both Joe and Matt in this conversation and now it's a good time to hit that five stars leave us a rating whatever platform you listen to the podcast and now you go back and listen to past podcasts with Joe or with some of our other amazing uh, overcomer type stories we have several of them on the channel or on the, on the podcast um, and we would just you know love for you to go back and listen to those because you know we're there's just so much good uh, value in all of those conversations. And that's why we, again, why we do this show. So thank you for choosing Strong by Design. And we'll come back to you next Wednesday, as always, with another podcast. This is Coach Chris, and we love you. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you.